0: platform as we roll into the general election. Uh, I want to begin though by thanking Bill Ficka for providing the venue. We weren't sure what the conditions were going to be like today as we set this up, and so we moved this inside. And so, Bill, thank you for making this space available. Um, I'm joined today by leaders in our faith community, business community, former political community business owners, mental health professionals, people that have been affected by a crime in our community. And I want to thank those that are standing with me and around me as we roll out our agenda from a public safety standpoint. And I want to give a particular shout out to uh, Mayor Gary Ballard, whom I had the opportunity to get to know when I served on council in the mayor's second administration, And the relationship is candidly grown beyond that, a friendship that my wife Mary and I enjoy with uh, Greg and Winnie, and counsel that has continued through and beyond that point. So for all of you, thank you for standing with me. I've got a few pages of notes to share with you. I can't tell you how many hours, days, conversations gone in to formulating this distilled set of notes and a much more detailed plan for street administration public policy that you'll see posted to our website today. Crime is rampant in our city, and it's not an accident that we are gathered here in Veronica. The challenges of of safety and crime are brought home in some of these spots in and around our city where more of us may spend time, socialize, than others. But Broad Ripple is not unique and we've got great big challenges over in places like Hallville and the north side of Beach Grove and it's all around our city. It calls for systemic change. Just last month three people were murdered here across the street in Broad Ripple. We're on track to break yet another crime record in Indianapolis. And we do not have to live this way. Mayor Hogg's this crime agenda went before our city county council this past week. It's political. That's understandable. It's also unenforceable. My public safety plan is different. I've met with leaders from around our city to create buy-in. I have relationships with members of our General Assembly. I'm bringing forward a workable realistic plan to make our city safer again and we'll start on day one of a treatment administration. For seven and a half years, Mayor Hogsett has failed to improve Indy's public safety. The trend line is not good. For seven and a half years, Mayor Hogshead has had no public safety plan. For seven and a half years, Mayor Hogshead has had no director of public safety. It, it's something that I've messaged on before because it is noteworthy that every mayor of Indianapolis since UNIGO has appointed and relied upon a capable public safety director but not Mayor Hoogstead. He promised to be his own public safety director and he's been a disaster in that role. He should fire himself from the job. He should have fired himself from the role three years ago, two years ago. He should fire himself from that role today. Now it's our chance. We as citizens of Indianapolis, have the opportunity to retire Joe Hogsett, this November. The mayor is the chief executive of our city. When Mayor Ballard would sign documents, he signed as mayor of Indianapolis and chief executive of Marion County. I've been a chief executive. When things go badly in your enterprise, it's your responsibility. Mayor Hogsett thinks like a politician not as a chief executive. When I'm your mayor, I'll take responsibility for our city's public safety results. Mayor Hogshead wants all of us to believe that most every city in America has the same public safety challenges. And they are widespread. But he's used that as an excuse for some complacency for our problems here at home that we do not and should not accept. We do not have to live this way. My plan has several core components. First, I'll hire that crucial public safety director, top shelf talent. Arguably the most important hire of a street administration. Second, I'll hire the more than 300 police officers that we need to buttress the ranks of the IMPD. And make sure that they have the training and the resources to turn out in our community and do their jobs. I I wanna repeat that. Our city has fewer officers, fewer sworn men and women on the IMPD today been in 2017. This despite, as we've seen recently, about the 700 officers that have been hired. We clearly have a problem. A human resource problem, a talent retention problem. In the Shreve administration, you'll see a pivot and focus to retention and then recruitment on that talent that we need to to provide our citizens that frontline public safety. Third, we'll implement an aggressive strategy to combat gun violence. We'll amend Indianapolis' firearms discharge policy by expanding the boundaries and increasing the penalties for such. As you'll read in my full plan, I'll support IMPD in going after these offenders, the fines of which will be collected and used for retention of our officers. In addition to this ordinance change, we'll work with our state legislature to give Indianapolis responsibility for setting our own policies on firearms. Specifically, we'll seek to raise the legal age to purchase firearms in Marion County from 18 to 21. We'll seek the repeal of permitless carry, and we'll seek a ban on assault weapons sale here. point in this plan, my plan, that differentiates me from Mayor Hogshead is that this will be a part of my legislative priorities that I take before our General Assembly at the start of the session in year one of a street administration. Not a political talking point that's rolled out a couple of weeks after the long session has sunset for the year. It is true, cities are subsidiary units of government. We have to work with our General Assembly, and I work with, will work with our General Assembly to provide measures for greater public safety for the citizens of Indianapolis. My administration is not going to play politics on this. We won't try to shame our rural legislators over policies that they choose for their parts of our state. We'll respect them and ask them to respect us As we pursue solutions, unique to the crime challenges facing Marion County, facing Broder, facing Halden, we recognize that guns don't shoot themselves. So forth, we we've got to get serious about getting violent offenders off of our streets. There have to be repercussions. We must solve the violent crime and convict the guilty. It wasn't a lifetime ago that the solve rate on violent crimes in Indianapolis on homicides was 80%. It was an administration ago. Folks were around 30% today. That is inexcusable. That will change in a street administration. Fifth, we'll effectively address root causes of crime, certainly and vigorously, including mental health. That underpins so much of what challenges our city from a criminal a crime standpoint. And lastly, we will hold people accountable. My office will provide transparency in every aspect of our city's policy, including police actions, prosecutorial actions, criminal justice, criminal court justices, publicly and online. It wasn't that long ago that we collected and shared data in great detail, stand by, that's coming back. I will be held accountable for all points of my bike safety plan, because that's what chief executives do. We are accountable, we are responsible for the actions of our enterprise. In this case, the enterprise is the great city of Indianapolis. I only wish that I could go to work for you today with that, I welcome questions. I have two questions. Um, first, you said that you were on too track to break another uh, crime record mission. What exactly that? The criminal, the criminal homicide count. Uh, it, the peak was 2021 at 200, uh, 221. I mean, total homicides I was 270 change. 272. Are we on track to break that this year? total homicides. We have a third year of criminal homicides over 240, yes. Um, and then fourth, you said we must get serious about the violent offenders. Uh, we'll along, so it was a lifetime ago that we we're solving right up to 80%. How do you plan on you know, solving these homicides and getting those rate right above 30%? Is that community I reaction? Or is that working with IMP, more security cameras? What does what the plan look like? Yeah. What, what I said is that it wasn't a lifetime ago, it was an administration ago. I Think back in the years of Bill Benjamin, we had the solve rate up above 80%, or down to 30% range. And it's not strictly the solve rate percentage that's crucial, it's the timeliness with which the arrests, with, with which the, the assaults and, and the perpetrators are identified Taken off of the streets, speed to market in that sense matters because it heads off the next the next criminal action. We we've, we've done better in the past. In fact, I don't know that Indianapolis has ever had a solve rate as low as it is today. And, and what's the implication of that for the mothers? of young people that are gunned down in the streets does it feel like this city doesn't care we do this administration will care but we're not going to stand put at 30 percent or 40 percent or 50 percent we've detectives have to detect and have the resources and the line of information coming in so we can Solve those criminal homicides and violent crime and pull those people off of the streets of the city. On your on your gun plan, how exactly does that differ from what the city county council already approved in terms of impact on the street? Well, Garrett, it doesn't differ dramatically in several respects. However, this isn't just political paddling. This is to be a legislative priority of the street administration that's gonna get out in front the next session of the General Assembly in ways that the talking points from the the current administration can do, can be, will be nothing. But but there's not complete disagreement with what we need to do and where we are going on these fronts. There is a complete divergence in the way we're going to go about getting it done. Are you, are you concerned at all about trying to get this past a legislature that is probably gonna take quite a few views from the NRA on this? This won't be easy. Am I concerned, I am mindful of the challenges ahead. I've had a number of conversations with leadership and our membership in the General Assembly to realize the challenges that lay ahead I believe that a Republican administration in the mayor's office can advance these policies, this agenda, in ways that the Coxhead administration has not even attempted to. So, you've specifically talked to legislative leaders about uh, carving out exceptions, possibly for Indianapolis, on uh, purchase age of firearms, permanent carry, assault weapons. James, I've had serious conversations with the leadership in the House and Senate on these, and these are real-time, serious conversations, one-to-one, direct. And I can't tell you specifically what their caucuses may agree to, but yes. And I'll, I'll work those relationships vigorously. I mean, that's, that's part and parcel of the job of mayor to be lobbyist-in-chief, if you will, to advocate for your city. Going back to solving the crimes and uh, case of violent crimes, how do you plan on working? How do you plan on to solve those unsolved homicides? One more time, please. What, do, what, do, what does your plan look like to solving the unsolved homicides? To take us back to where we were an administration ago, as leadership at the detective ranks and having the human talent in those ranks so they can attempt to. I mean, they're they're just so short of the human talent to be out there. You know, we're no longer investigating auto thefts. I mean, the INPD has taken the position, they don't have the bandwidth to pursue things like vehicular thefts. So we've gotta beef up the detective corps. Uh, provide them with the tools and training, and retain them because more than any other part of policing, those in investigations get much better with time and And they're in my focus on retention, as opposed to the focus of the current administration on recruitment. Yes, we're paying our first year recruits more and more and more and signing bonuses, and we've closed that delta with our five, 10, and 15-year officers, including those in the detective corps, But if you talk to our officers in the ranks, they're unhappy. They feel undervalued. If, after so many years of service, and the greater value that they bring is reflected from a comp standpoint so narrowly, they're unhappy and it plays to in our results. When I said that we have fewer officers on the force today, they vote with their feet. They're like citizens, you know? We will vote with our feet. If we don't like what we have here, if we do not feel supported, if we do not feel safe, if we have the means, we'll go to happier, happier neighborhoods, happier townships, happier counties. We lose good officers on the IMPD. And and, and and the data is clear from a retention standpoint what do you say to those community members who are afraid to speak up after buying the price and in all those some of those neighbors in their area are afraid to come forward and it should happens because of fear of retaliation yeah I, as their mayor i would say i am sorry and that's unacceptable why do you have that fear of being a snitch because you don't feel like you've got the police presence to protect your community to stay that off. A moment ago I said citizens will move out of their neighborhood or their township or their county if they do not feel safe or if they're not pathways to a good quality education, if they have the means. And we have citizens all around the city that don't have the means to leave. That's not a way, that's no way for a citizen to live. There's no way for a mayor to govern. So I would say I am sorry that you feel that way today. We will change that. You will be able to come forward. There will be officers in your community who will have enough bench strength on the IMPD where our officers can turn up in neighborhood meetings and proactively hear from those engaged citizens that it, drawing on my experience as a council member, I can't tell you how many neighborhood meetings I might attend. But if you had a PIO in there or a beat officer, the policing posture was proactive, not the reactive crouch that sadly we are in today. And the neighbors would say, every Thursday night I'm seeing this, or this is happening every every Saturday. It's hard to get ahead of that. If you don't have enough human horsepower to be in there listening, responding, proactively from a public safety standpoint. Would you consider calling for a public health emergency on the issue of child gun violence? I have not considered that. And also why is it so important to you to rewrite into the ordinance the position of a public safety director instead of the mayor answering some of those questions? The mayor's portfolio is huge. I've learned that as I sat from the sideline on the council, and service on a number of council committees. To run this big, diverse, complex city of 400 square miles, takes a tremendous amount of bandwidth. Public safety is a lion's share of our city's general fund. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a former firefighter. I'm not a former cop. I don't hold myself out as Anna. I'm a business executive. It's been something of an adjustment to think of myself as a politician, but that's the reality. The success of a mayoralty is a function of the talent bench that you build, and you stack up around you, that can focus on the fundamentals of running a city, getting ahead of the broken elements of it, so we can build off of that and go on to some of the beautiful placemaking and and community-building efforts that I am so looking forward to as mayor. A public safety director will live, police, fire, EMS, dispatch, morning, noon, and night, data-driven, and be fully accountable to this mayor and the citizens of Indianapolis in ways that a mayor of a city of nearly a million people cannot do that well and properly. The results are in. Take two more. Tell us more about the mental health plan. You said that was gonna play a role. You know, if look at our look at our, our suicide rate and suicide rate amongst young people. Uh, we sometimes naturally conflate the unhoused and the homeless. With mental health issues. These are the realities of our time and this administration, this city needs to direct more resources into mental health care with recognition that it is central to public safety. There are other elements of that I just might add. Parks. After school programs, summer programs. These are very much intermixed with elements of public safety. Sometimes I think in our city, we're short sighted in our math. I I drove by the Garfield Park pool. The pool will be open for such a short period of time, in part because we don't have enough $14 an hour lifeguards. If you're a young kid out of school, idle minds can go into dangerous places from a public safety standpoint. Our city, this mayor, our administration needs to be very mindful of that and leverage those resources in areas that will play right through the public safety that may not be so obvious. Colin has last question. Yes, sir. On the gun control measures, your Republican colleagues in the City Council just spoke against these measures, calling them unconstitutional against the Second Amendment. Why have you decided to break from that position to push for such stricter gun control? Kulen, my, my some of which were former colleagues in the Republican Caucus on the Council are correct. They are. They're unenforceable today. In the way in which the hogshead administration has approached this the back end of the second term in office after the, the general assembly has adjourned nothing can be done the toothless initiative characterization is in fact true today i am to change that and i visited with the members of our caucus and council i think we can make some headway